Hello, everyone, and welcome to our postseason edition of Cliss's Mic Drop. Thanks for joining us all season long. Here we are a couple weeks into the offseason. The big news, of course, uh, John Elway, Matt Russell uh, stepping aside uh, as the top two uh, guys in charge of the personnel department, the guys who built the 53-man 53, uh, 53 roster for the past 10 years. Elway goes upstairs, uh, kind of an overseer, consultant role. Matt Russell retires. And we are introduced uh, this week, actually Tuesday, uh, via Zoom with, by um, uh, George Payton, the former Minnesota Vikings assistant general manager. He'd been in that position the past 14 years with Minnesota, 24 years total, uh, six years with the uh, Chicago Bears, and then four years with the Miami Dolphins. So George Payton, highly qualified. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to make trades. He knows how to sign free agents. He knows how to move up and down the draft board. He's a new set of eyes, a new way of uh, uh, doing things. You know, I don't think George is, uh, Peyton is necessarily a miracle worker, um, you know, but he's aggressive. He tries, uh, you know, with the Vikings, <clears throat> I thought it was interesting. They're 13 and three in 2017. They get to the NFC championship game behind Case Keenum. And yet they essentially fired Keenum and signed a guy who was an unproven winner, a 500 quarterback in Kirk Cousins. Cousins had a strong, stronger arm than, than uh, Keenum and uh, much better stats. But um, as a winner, he's been exactly a 500 uh, quarterback in his career. I think he's 51, 51 and two now in his career with both the Vikings three years and, and Washington Redskins where he played for five years. So, um, but he made the move. Um, they tried. It didn't work. You can argue it didn't work out. The Vikings have not been 13-3, and three, and they have not gotten to the NFC Championship game since they made that move. Last year, they traded away uh, Stephon Diggs in a big deal. Look at Diggs now with Buffalo, and look where the Vikings are. Vikings didn't make the playoffs. Diggs is in the Final Four with a real shot to uh, beat the Chiefs and Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday. So, um, they don't always work out, but he knows uh, he, he's been an administrator. He knows his way around the waiver wire. I think it's a good, solid hire. I, I, I think the, you know, I don't think he's going to uh, uh, wave a magic wand and make the Broncos better instantly. I think this is a team with a lot of holes, especially on defense. But um, I do think uh, if Deshaun Watson's available, I think he'll make a play, although... Here's what the Broncos would have to do to get Deshaun Watson. A, they'd have to tra trade Drew Locke and maybe one other player. And the one other player would have to be either Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, and Draymond Jones. I picked those three players because they're, they're young, they're good, they're healthy, and they're relatively inexper uh, inexpensive. You know, Vaughn Miller's expensive at $18 million. And, uh, uh, you know, Jerry Judy and, and those other guys, Draymond Jones, Noah Fant, are still playing on rookie contracts uh, that are slotted in. Um, and then you might have to give up two first-round draft picks. And on top of that, uh, uh, Deshaun Watson would have to agree to, uh, um, you know, to play for the Broncos. And, uh, you know, you look at the diversity of the – or lack of diversity on the Broncos coaching staff, and that seems to be important – to Deshaun Watson and and some of the remarks you hear coming out of his camp, you know, would I, I'm not 
you know, I don't think the Broncos would be his uh, destination. Plus, how attractive would the Broncos be if they had to trade away to Jerry Judy and, uh, you know, to get him and two first-round draft picks? So I'm not advocating the Broncos to uh, go after Deshaun Watson. Uh, we'll see if uh, George Payton disagrees with that. I know there's a lot of feeling that uh, you get that franchise quarterback and everything else takes care of itself. I understand that uh, process, too. Um before we go too much further, Nine News had an exclusive one-on-one -on -one interview with George Payton that we're going to play for you here today on Calissa's uh, Mic Drop. Before we get to that, just want to say uh, uh, it's been a real slice, Philip Rivers. Uh, thanks for the memories. Uh, he started. I covered every one of uh, the Rivers versus Broncos games. Uh, it started really at the end of 2005 when Gerard Warren jumped on Drew Brees' shoulder and Torres uh, Labrum, Philip Rivers came in and looked really overmatched as the Broncos with their JV team won that game to end uh, uh, the 2005 season. And then in 2006, uh, Rivers is the starter for the first time. Breeze signs with the New Orleans Saints. And uh, uh, the Broncos are 7-2 and two going into the uh, matchup against the Chargers. The Chargers are also 7-2, and two, but the game's at mile high. And the Broncos are up 24 to seven midway through the third quarter after Darren Williams has a pick six. And from that point on, Rivers led a comeback. Uh, the Chargers win the game and um, they really dominated the AFC West and the Broncos for about four years, the first four years of Rivers uh, starting career. And then starting with the last game with Tebow, one of the Tebow comebacks, and then four years of Peyton Manning the Broncos went on a 8-1 uh, and one run against Rivers. All told, Broncos 16-13 and 13 against Rivers. They sacked them 67 times, more than any other team. Kansas City sacked them 66, by the way. Uh, Vaughn Miller had 16. His, his, the, he sacked Rivers more than any other quarterback with 16. Um, next most quarterback sacked by Miller is Alex Smith with 8. So uh, he got to Rivers pretty good, but... Uh, what a competitor. Uh, boy, you know, he just had that animated face contortions, didn't he? The whining, the, the uh, berating. Uh, even though he never cussed, uh, it, it was it was uh, bordered on unsportsmanlike, I thought, with Rivers. But it uh, sure was fun and entertaining to go against him. So all the best for Rivers as he retires. Uh, he announced that today through the San Diego Union Tribune and my friend uh, Kevin Acey. Uh, it's been 17 years for Rivers. His first two years, he sat behind Drew Brees and then had 15 years where he compiled uh, all kinds of passing yards, over 60,000. And uh, he's fifth all-time on that list, uh, more than 420 touchdown passes. He's also number five on that list. Um, only once did he get to the AFC Championship game, never got to the Super Bowl. Having said all that, he will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I am quite sure. So good luck to Philip Rivers and his wife Tiffany, high school sweetheart, and their nine kids. Uh, he's going to be a high school football coach. He, as of tomorrow, he's a high school football coach at a Catholic high school in Alabama. So a man of great character, strong character, very personable guy, uh, just so entertaining and su such a competitor uh, on the field. We wish him all the best. And now George Payton. Uh, it's up to uh, uh, Peyton to get the Broncos on the right track. I told him yesterday in our interview, Broncos country is frustrated and, and disappointed and, and not pleased with these last four years in which the Broncos uh, 
have gone 23 and 41, a little bit worse than 6 and 10 per season. So uh, that's not Bronco football. It's the worst stretch since uh, uh, the 69 to 72 seasons, which were, you know, the Broncos, uh, uh, um, the first 13 seasons, the Broncos never had a winning record. Uh, then they had an incredible run for the next 45 years uh, in which they only had seven losing seasons and now four in a row. So um, time for a new set of eyes on top. We'll see if George Payton can figure things out. The Broncos today rolled over 17.8 million in 2020 uh, salary cap space. So that's a good start. So if they have 175 million, if it's the salary cap reduced to 175 million across the board uh, with the league, uh, the Broncos will have, you can tack on 17.8 million on top of that. So we'll have uh, closer to 193 million. So that's good for the Broncos. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, we did have a chance to sit down with George Payton. Uh, good solid guy from Southern California. Asked him about his family. Asked him about Drew Locke. Asked him about the uh, Bronco defense, which I think he needs to overturn. Hope you enjoy this conversation. Our first with the Broncos new general manager. Um, enjoy, and we'll be back to talk some more uh, about the Broncos in 2021 on the other side of our interview with George Payton. All right, so uh, you've been waiting all your life to be uh, called General George Payton, your general manager. What do you think of that? Yeah, that's it. Sounds pretty good to me, Mike. I'm, I'm excited, um, honored, obviously, and, and can't wait to get rolling. Tell us uh, a little about your family. I think that's really underrated when you have to make decisions like this. Um, you know, uh, give us a line or two, if you could, on your wife and, and two children and how much of an impact they had on this decision. Oh, they had a tremendous impact. My wife, um, Obviously, she's been with me all the 24 years. She's a Southern California girl, Orange County. So, you know, she, she loved Denver, Denver anyway, but it gets her close to home and close to family. And, you know, so she's really excited. Uh, my son, Bo, he's 14. He's a big hockey, he loves hockey. Uh, he loves uh, football. He loved, he's a boys, you know, boys, guys, guy, boys, boy. Uh, his biggest thing is he, he was a little disappointed that we couldn't bring Justin Jefferson with us because we just got the jersey. <laughs> So I had to promise him a Jared Judy and a Cortland Sutton jersey. So I need to figure out where I can buy that. And then my daughter, she's 14 years old and, and she's the artist of the family. She's the smartest in the family. She's a ballerina. She was a little, you know, up when she found out that we were going to Denver, you know, there were some tears until she found out they have a tremendous uh, ballet theater here in town. So they're, they're excited. I can't wait to get them out here. And, uh, you know, they're just uh, the best. You know, we've speculated a lot about what you're going to do at quarterback based on what the Vikings have done. And we kind of used the 2018 season as an example. Case Keenum was a cult hero for what he did with you, 13-3. and three. And, you know, the Minneapolis Miracle NFC Championship game. And yet, you try to get a little better. You go after Kirk Cousins. And so now here you have Drew Locke, a lot of talent, a lot of potential. Uh, when he's hot, he's hot, but he was a 32nd-ranked quarterback. So we're all assuming you're going to try to upgrade that position. You know, you, you try to upgrade every position. You try to bring competition for every position. And uh, 
and it's no different with the quarterback. And just speaking, you know, on Drew specifically, I have not spent a lot of time uh, studying him. I've, I've watched a few games, and uh, he, you know, like a lot of young players, he was up and down. I kind of look at this as a rookie year for Drew, and a rookie year where he had no offseason, and, and a rookie year where he had a new offensive coordinator. So I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, and I do think he has a lot of upside, but you know, you're always looking to upgrade every position, and, and it'll be no different here. I was wondering if you reached out and, and talked to Drew here in the last five days since you got the job. I sure did. I talked to him, I believe, yesterday and had a great talk, and, and he's chomping at the bit, and, and uh, he can't wait to get out here and start working, and you know, what a great kid, and, and really enjoyed talking with him. Did he, did he ask you, what's up, what's up there, uh, Mr. George? Uh, am I the quarterback or what's going on? No, we just talked about how he, you know, what his offseason's going to look like, you know, what is he going to work on and, and those type of things. And, you know, like he's just, he, he wants to be really good. He wants to be great. And, and that's all you want to hear if you're in my chair. And he wants to be great. And uh, we're going to give him the resources to be great. Internally, uh, is the way I understand it with football, you don't really shake up too much of the staff until after the draft. Is that uh, kind of where you're at? Uh, you'll go into the draft with uh, what you inherited here, and you do have some good people that John and Matt Russell left over, and then maybe fill some positions after the draft, or will you be looking at that right-hand man uh, sooner rather than later? You know, I want to see what we have here. I've heard good things, you know, not just here in Denver. I've heard good things about uh, you know, the majority of the staff, you know, from around the league, I have a lot of people calling me, but, um, you know, I probably, I would, we're going to wait till after the draft to do anything, if anything. You know, the, you were, I think the news broke that you're the GM on Thursday. Maybe that's a little, maybe it was a little earlier, but then, um, uh, then comes the news that uh, Vaughn Miller's, uh, uh, you know, open for an investigation by the Parker police. And I thought, well, welcome to Denver there, George Payton. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, it's never, you've been in that, you've been in that second chair forever, but it's never easy in the NFL running a club. What was your reaction to Vaughn and will that impact, you know, his future here? Right. I mean, I know how much Vaughn uh, means to this football team and to the community. You know, I don't, we're still gathering information on, on the on the incident or, you know, I I haven't been fully, uh, I'm not fully caught up on that. We've been busy, but, you know, Vaughn's an incredible player. He, like I said, incredible pillar in the, in, in, in the community. And uh, we just need to gather, you know, more information before we comment. Dur during your uh, interview process with the Broncos, I understand one topic uh, that they brought out is they wanted to know your overall football philosophy for an organization what did you tell them you know for one it's a collaboration it's not my decision it's it's not uh, the head coaches but we want it's you know everyone's going to be involved in the decision making process and and number two you need to know your own team before you can really move forward and uh, a lot of bad decisions are made when you you let a good player go or maybe you extend a player you shouldn't have and then three, you know, you have to draft and develop talent. You know, they're younger, they're hungrier, typically um, cheaper. So you need to draft and develop talent that's sustained in this league. And then, but you need to be aggressive in all avenues of scouting. And uh, whether it's a trade, whether it's free agency. And so it's just not one thing. Uh, when you're building a team, you got to look at everything and you have to have an open mind and you have to be flexible. And then that's what we're going to do here. Uh, you were ready for that question. You've been thinking about that for a while. 
Oh, yeah. What? Uh, tell us a little bit, if you could, just kind of take us uh, through the process when you came back here, you know, to see the facility, to meet and greet with everybody. Uh, you went to dinner at Elway's. Was that when, uh, when did you make your decision? When did you say, okay, guys, it's, uh, uh, I'm ready to become a Bronco here? I made that decision at Elway's and it was a, it was a, a great decision and, and I was with, you know, great people and, and with great food and it was a wonderful uh, feeling. And uh, so it was at Elway's. Was it after the steak, before dessert? It was, I believe after? it was uh, maybe mid-steak uh, where we kind of, uh, <laughs> You know, they were negotiating, you know, they were, so it was mid-stake probably. And then, um, you know, we had, we had a little celebration beverage and, and uh, enjoyed it. Good deal. Good deal. Tell us uh, about the roster. You said it's a sleeping giant. A um, lot of potential youth on offense. They haven't quite done it yet. Someone once told me potential means you haven't done it yet. On defense, you kind of have the opposite problem. You've got... Uh, a bunch of key players that have injury, that have some age, and have some high salaries. Uh, do you do you look at the defense like you might have to revamp that quite a bit, restructure? You know, Mike, I've, I have a general understanding of this football team, but I've you know I've watched a couple games, and, and obviously I've, people have talked to me about the team. But until I do a deep dive, you know, I know they have some young offensive pieces. I know they have some age on defense, but they also have some young pieces on defense as well. So I hate to give you an answer that I, you know, because I haven't put on all the work yet. How far away is this team from a playoff? Playoff contention? You know, I never like to say that. You know, I would like to think we can compete, um, you know, and, but I, I never like to, to give predictions on whether a team, so many things, there's so many factors, we have so much work to do. For me to say that now wouldn't be fair to anyone in this building or anyone in the community. Just know we're going we're gonna to work our butt off to try to get there quickly. Well, George, welcome to Denver. And I really appreciate the time and and good luck. This this uh, Broncos country is something else. I know Minnesota is not too shabby uh, either, but uh, Bronco mania is uh, a little frustrated uh, with what's happened here the last four years. And hopefully you can uh, help turn this thing around. I appreciate it, Mike. Look forward to meeting you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, thank you very much to George Payton. What I liked about him in his interview, uh, he met with the, the masses, the Denver media as a group, and then with Nine News uh, in, ex, in our uh, exclusive one-on-one -on -one interview that you just uh, were able to uh, uh, witness and, and listen to and enjoy. And one thing I liked about uh, uh, Payton, the, the guy uh, really never spent much time in front of the media. He's always been a deputy to Rick Spielman with the Minnesota Vikings. But uh, he acted like he'd been in front of the uh, media before. I like the fact that when he didn't know the answer or he wasn't ready to answer or didn't want to answer, he said so. You know, he was comfortable in his own skin. It, it shows great security. Uh, a lot of people, if they don't know the answer, they try to come up with one off the top of their head anyway because they're afraid it, uh, they won't sound smart if they don't have the answer. Um, George Payton is smart. He knows he is. And uh, if he doesn't want to reveal the answer, he just goes ahead and say so. That's the type of uh, strength and confidence that I think you want in your CEO. And, and uh, while that's not his name, that's essentially what he is as far as football operations with the Broncos. So 
Uh, nice talk with George Payton. For 2021, he's got uh, two big things, uh, the two big positions of need. One cornerback. I think the Broncos have to get a cornerback or two this offseason. One through free agency, one with that number nine overall pick. And then they got to figure out uh, Drew Locke and who his number two. Uh, if Drew Locke is 1A, they need a 1B, a veteran who can come in and start a proven starter, uh, like a, a Jameis Winston, for instance. Uh, you know, like what San Diego or the Chargers did this year with Tyrod Taylor and um, Justin Herbert. Uh, that's, you know, not necessarily Tyrod Taylor, but someone like that. Or you try to make the splash with Deshaun Watson, Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan, someone like that. Uh, you do that, I think, more if you think you're ready to be a playoff contender in 2021. I still think after 5-11 and and four straight losing seasons, the Broncos uh, are still a year away from playoff contention. Um, maybe they can get to 8-8, eight and eight, uh, 9 and 7, but um, also, uh, you know, a couple of years away from legitimate Super Bowl contention. So uh, the defense, they got to revamp that defense. Too many, too many key players with age, injury, and salary. You got to uh, uh, start be, uh, playing the, the heavy and getting rid of uh, some of these guys. So uh, we'll see about that uh, as George Payton goes. But George Payton on defense, cornerback, um, got to get a little younger, clean out some salary, and then uh, uh, fortify that offense in particular at the quarterback position. So hope you enjoyed our conversation. My phone's been ringing off the hook as you can, uh, as you could hear there. Thanks for tuning in to uh, Cliss's Mic Drop. We'll do this periodically uh, during the off season. Um, go to 9news.com, read the story on uh, our ode to Philip Rivers as he says goodbye. A couple stories uh, on, on uh, George Payton, how he actually uh, wrapped it up with the Broncos with uh, you know the, the whole uh, uh, timing of uh, the stake. He said he was mid-stake when he told the guys uh, he was ready to become a Bronco. So um, uh, go to 9news.com. You'll find all kinds of uh, information there. And thanks for tuning in again to everybody. This is Cliss's Mic Drop, and we'll do it again during the offseason. Thank you, everybody.